This is water over toilet paper. A film podcast. Why is your chair making noises? Episode 5 uh, yeah, last week we talked about three completely different things. Yep. This week we'll talk about three completely related things. <laughs> we are talking about three completely related things. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about uh, Talwar, 12 Angry Men and Conjuring. And yep. they're related on the fact that they're all courtroom dramas. Um, at least that's what we thought. Yeah, that's what we thought. Turns out they really aren't. Yeah, turns out Talwar <laughs> is not exactly courtroom drama because I got deceived. I, I, I don't I didn't want to read about the movie and uh, I just heard that it's a good movie and I saw the poster and I and I saw Irfan Khan in like a black cover coat type thing and I just assumed it's a courtroom drama. It's not exactly a courtroom drama. Yeah, and Conjuring 3 is the farthest thing from anything. Anything, anything to do with the courts court. or yeah. judiciary. <laughs> Anything and, and well, angry man, yeah. the only thing I suggested that was the courtroom thing. Yep, yep, okay. So let's talk about, I guess, Conjuring 3 first, right? Yep, yeah, it's <sighs> okay. Conjuring 3, directed by Michael Chaves or Chaves Chavez, bro, Chavez. Starring Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. It came out 2021 on HBO Max. And yeah. What do you... It's about this very famous case. It's just the devil who made me do it. It's a case where the... It's a real life case where one of the... Someone pleaded guilty by saying devil made me do it to the judge. And it's popular that because of it. So yeah. what did you think about it? I thought it was terrible. I've never been a fan of the Conjuring films. Mm-hmm. I think they're like good, but they're not like my favorite. Right? But this was exceptionally just terrible. I didn't like it. I assume you didn't as well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I-, I like Conjuring 1 and 2. Like I really like Conjuring 1. Conjuring 2 was fun too. And uh, Conjuring 3, this one, uh, very... Not like a big disappointment. I saw the trailer and I thought it would be bad. And it, it is bad because James Wan was not directing it. All that. And uh, only the only thing this guy... Not the only thing. At least the one he made before this was Curse of Lerona or something. And ah, Lerona, people, yes. Yeah, and people said it was bad too. And uh, yeah, I like the Conjuring universe, I think. I To some extent, I like some of them. Mm-hmm. And they made a billion dollars, so That's clearly good. people are also on their side. It's very nice. I think it's good that it exists. You know? It's just I've never really liked them because they managed to make like horror movies, this sort of Marvel Universe type affair where, oh, and how is this ghost noise? And I how don't is that? know if it's just because they have like, uh, like popular... Uh, things within the horror, like, just because it's a cinematic universe, you can't say that it's Marvel now. 
No. It's not I, like they invented a cinematic universe. They no, no, watched. they didn't invent it. No, that's yeah. not my point. My point is they made horror movies again. Some like commercial schlock you just go to watch, and it's kind of boring. When James Wan was doing it, you got the feeling that he did want to like spook you in some way, right? Yeah. But now, it, given this film that I've seen, it's just fucking terrible. It is filled with screamy cliches and. all this like oh remember when people thought the scariest part of a ghost is when it screamed really loud and contorted itself and it just sort of it didn't really harm you in any way it just sort of put up a grand show of how powerful and scary it is and blah blah blue blue all the utensils are flying out of the drawers and across the room oh my god it's so spooky and scary but it didn't really fuck with you in any way which the in the james one movies they did i remember in part one the oh, i remember we were talking about this one of the moments that i still remember from part one was mm-hmm. when the ghost lady vomited into the girl's mouth yeah <laughs> pretty fucked up was, like that was pretty good yeah like uh, that's the thing about the uh the reason why this one is disappointing was because there's actually nothing memorable like that there's no nothing you would remember like i saw it yesterday and i we, we both saw it yesterday and we st- i already f- like i hardly remember any scene that is supposed to be like a scary set piece i guess yeah and like in the one and two i still remember the, obviously the clap scene very popular that and there are a lot of these like the vomit one and then three all and two also there's that chair thing that's nice the fra- painting frames scare and they're all nice like the <clears throat> the nun from uh, uh from the second part and all that they're memorable ghosts in some way this one just had this like uh, you you were saying like office lady type person and that's supposed to be scary i guess the real estate agent who was like oh, i will yeah. kill you in more ways than one Yeah, <clears throat> it was very lame. That's the uh, thing, where like it was trying very hard to be like spooky, like uh, the, like we were discussing about like how there's no lights in any scene. Like in any yeah. normal house setting, there are like it's randomly spooky. It's like oh, every house is like Halloween decoration for some reason. Like it just makes no sense. It's really dumb and it's very blatantly tryhardy. And I say this as someone who likes that kind of. lowly lit spooky type area right yeah. it's very fitting for a horror movie i feel but yeah, then yeah but then it's it's so dumb that this family has no interior lighting yeah. the houses are just dark shadows and this dude has two basements why yeah. i don't know he has this two basements that old guy who's the, the priest the priest yeah the priest whose daughter is the main ghost and yeah. all Yeah, yeah. yes, two basements is stupid. For some reason the underground of the underground has floodlights. Yeah. Yeah. He bought these floodlights. He got them all the way underground and he connected it to some wiring un- yeah. deep underground for that ritual there. It's dumb and I feel really bad that they didn't experiment with the third one because one and two I'm not an enormous uh fan, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think the f- they're fun horror movies i yeah. i do think like james one is good at what he does which is spook you spook you in really fun ways right yeah it's not like spook you to the point of like like you feeling disturbed but it's yeah. spook you in a fun like ah i got you there that yeah, kind of right. and it's fun yeah. to watch them yeah. it's, it's and like you you get some popcorn you're watching it like having yeah, fun I, that type of vibe and the funny thing is The scary parts in both one and two. You mentioned the painting scene again and again, yeah. right? Yeah. 
they take place in daylight yeah that's the thing <laughs> they, like, they, like, they, james one was skilled enough right he knew or uh, rather he made a good scare he didn't need darkness to scare people yeah the the secret to a good scare isn't if it's dark or not if it, the concept is creepy or not right yeah it's the idea that is supposed to poke you in a little a little i guess the yeah. lot of like this like the in the first one there's that toy thing that they keep using with yeah. the mirror and all. they're all memorable in some way even the second one had that like i don't some kind of toy only but it's like some projector type thing i don't know what to call it but yeah it's like the small hmm? it reminds me of oh, nothing i was just going to say it reminds me of the scene from it which is pretty good classroom yeah. scene but yeah you were yeah. saying Yeah and there's like there's nothing like that and it's just like ah uh, and uh, another thing another reason i think the movie is bad is because uh, one and two always had like a family and like the family itself had like characters that are like at least understandable to some extent it's not like some very deep characters and all but they're like characters that you at least can remember to some extent like oh he is the father they they had this kind of relationship and all that even uh, even like all the uh, not first animal but even animal creation had that and like there's something there but mm. here it's like this one guy i mean like there is a family i guess but it's one small kid his brother and this girlfriend the, those are the three people who keep showing up and the small kid first has the thing and that's how the movie opens and i think the opening is a good part i guess i would say that's the only thing i would say that is like kind of like oh, that's that's fine felt like a, oh this is a conjuring kind of movie yeah i was saying that the opening i don't like for this movie because it's so loud and erratically shot that i guess it's supposed to scare you right like, oh my god yeah i don't mean, i no i'm not like when i say like the opening is good i don't mean like it's like great or anything that's the only part of the movie that is at least like decent to some oh, extent yeah. Yeah, yeah, the body contortionism in the kid was fun, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, but fun. but the whole movie felt so trite and plain and dull and it's not like the other movies weren't pretty trite and plain, but they had something to make up for it to show mm. like yeah, you're supposed to eat popcorn and have fun with this. And it is a fun fun movie, right? And I feel like they did miss a miss a trick by not experimenting with this one, making it sort of a courtroom drama Which as much as it is. It was Yeah. I, I feel it, remember we were talk, the universe thing we were talking about, right? Yeah. I feel like a universe sta- uh, at least a cinematic universe as that's the thing now. Mm-hmm. I feel like the reason uh, one of the ways it stays healthy is if it, it is if it varies. Yeah, the films in it varies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you change the formula for all the films in the universe just a little bit, I feel like that keeps it fresh and they could have done that here. They could have made a courtroom drama slash horror movie in yeah. some way. That would have been cool to see. But what we got wasn't cool. It was kind like, of... It should have boring. been like... A, we thought it would be something like Exorcism of... Uh, Emily Rose. Rose which yeah. is an excellent courtroom horror, horror movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. I don't know what are the other problems. I think there's the... I think the main draw for these movies other than the scary things are the... I think Ed and Lorraine and... I don't think they had any much to do in this film because it just felt like the same as Conjuring 2 but the they just swap where like in Conjuring 2 like he was saying no don't do it and 
she was like no i have to do this is what i need to do and here it's like this the opposite where she is like ah oh, you have heart problem now maybe you should and he is doing it anyways yeah yeah that's what remind, this reminds <laughs> me of uh this reminds me of these found footage films that came after blair witch and paranormal activity mm-hmm. have you seen this movie chernobyl diaries i think i i know i think i don't think i watched it i might have i think i heard the name though i think i must have told you about it maybe yeah but it it's also this found footage movie and it's just terrible there's a lot of these found footage movies that came after blair witch and paranormal activity that tried to capitalize on what made those two successful right mhm and what made those two successful are very different things one the one common thread between them was that there was a sense of realism and believability to it Mm-hmm. and the rest it, it's completely different paranormal activity had like bad acting in a believable neighborhood blair witch had very good acting in a very spooky hypertense sort of place where and they were marketing and all yeah marketing played a big role in it and chernobyl diaries i always bring up as an excuse as an example because it came out pretty late even uh, uh paranormal activity 4 and 5 if you remember 4 had that Uh, I, I think I watched one or two paranormal movies. <laughs> yeah, I've seen like till five, the one with the Oxnard kid, the Mexican kid. Uh, I've seen till five, and they're all so tried out and played out because they try to do that thing again. And I feel like this is also trying to do that thing again. Like the nun tried to do that thing again. Or remember Annabelle? That also tried to do that thing again. And that thing being James Wan's style of horror, right? Yeah which is this not very like found footagey thing he has a very basic very rudimentary look to horror which is you have you do shoot it like it's a movie but you craft the scares in such a way that it's cool it's clever I think the you, only you... Uh, only uh, movie in the conjuring universe uh, the uh, was that's good is uh, Annabelle creation after the James Bond movies I think yeah yeah that because was good. I think David F Sandberg is just a good director and yeah that helps Yeah again Yeah, he's a good director. He know he made Shazam as well. Shazam was Shazam, a lot of fun. Lights out. Yeah, lights yeah. out. He knows how to craft like a good experience. Yeah. And this is just sort of aping those films wherein it's like, oh yeah, it's so scary, bro. It's so, so scary. Everything's being thrown at the wall. And that's not how it works, I feel. Yeah, you know? I think the that's not how it works. Like coming back to Conjuring 3, like I don't think there's anything uh what do you even do? I think the waterbed thing might have been cool. if they did something with it but they just get it done within like 3 4 minutes and that's all and yeah i don't know the what else is there nothing else i don't have anything else to say about yeah, it it's really convoluted though the screenplay i don't know why like uh, one and two always was felt very like this is a family they have problem they do it that's all and two had like a small twist where there's like oh they are faking it but no that, that type of thing this thing had like Oh it came in first small kid then the second kid took it and he murdered it then it's a court case thing then they oh, they yeah. they go back to find some shit to prove that it's a thing and yeah. they keep going around circles and like and the like uh, Ed and Lorraine have their own thing of like heart attack and it's just all weird like stupid i just uh, it's just i don't know why it was so jumbly It's just really yeah. boring and terrible. It's boring. That's the biggest thing too. Yeah, it's yeah. just boring and terrible. I I don't 
Uh, I don't recommend it. If you're going to watch a good horror movie, uh, that's uh, the instead of Conjuring Three, mm-hmm. I would I'd recommend this found footage movie called Lake Mungo that I saw. Okay, that was pretty great. That was underrated as well. It's a mockumentary. It's pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. Other great horror movies instead of Conjuring, just go watch. <laughs> just go watch Conjuring again, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Nothing else. Yeah, that's it. that's our first court case movie. Ah, uh, what do you give for Conjuring three? <laughs> I think I give it a three, guys. <laughs> I think I give it a two. Nah, I give it like a one, bro. Fuck this movie. I don't have any positive merit in this. There is no reason to watch this. Yep. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. Second. Second. What do you want to talk about? Oh, Talwar. Uh, we're going uh, Talwar. Yeah. It came out in 2015. It's directed by Meghna Gulzar, written by Vishal Bharadwaj, starring Konkana Sen Sharma, Neeraj Kabi, Irfan Khan, Tabu. Yep. Yeah. Rest in peace, Irfan Khan. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Watching this movie made me miss him. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. What do you think about it? I really liked it. I loved it a lot. Mhm. A lot a lot. Same. Actually, I loved it a lot lot like very much. Mhm. I think a part of that has to do with the fact that I'm a sucker for detective procedural films. Mhm. I like them a lot. I one of one of my fa- both my favorite films are that. You know, so that's why I think I had a sweet spot but seeing that you're also fangirling over it. I guess I'm not in the minority. Yeah, I I don't think it's because I like the the genre or anything. I think I just like this film. Yeah, it's also an excellent film too. Yeah. Okay, let's start with the plot. Yeah. Uh yeah. this is kind of I think it is based on true story. Real life it is it is yeah, very real. Of like this Talwar case, this double murder case that happened in Noida in 2008 if I'm yeah, 2008. and uh, the case went on till 2018 and the uh, the parents actually got arrested in 2013 between they were in jail from 2013 to 2017 and they and yeah finally they got acquitted and all that and uh, yeah uh, what about the move yeah the movie seems to be a very the movie has a stance which is yeah. one of the things i like about it yeah It, it does have a stance in like zodiac does the same thing as well in real life we never know what the evidence really mm-hmm. led to but the movie takes a stance and says yeah it's probably who did it it's probably who did it and like in the, this one it's more obvious it's like yeah, and the it's case itself obvious. is so obvious yeah the, the, this unlike like zodiac something like zodiac is not about the uh, like uh, how hard it is to find the truth but how obvious the truth is Yeah, yeah. Which is the in this, it's more about how incompetent the, the investigation system. really were, really yeah. was, and yeah. how shrouded in stupid politics and all of that. This very simple case was like Irfan Khan tells that first inspector, right? Yeah. He tells him, "If you idiots had just sent for a forensics team, this case would have been done in like a week." Yeah, like they have like a fucking handprint on the wall, <laughs> and they, okay, we didn't explain what happened. Okay. Oh right. Yeah, you go for it. Yeah, the basically it. the case is that uh, a family living in Noida, uh, uh the daughter, uh, the like the, uh, how many people? Four people were living in uh, in that house. Two doctor, uh, two uh, like the mother and her father are the doctors and the do- and one 
morning they find out that their uh, the daughter is killed and uh, and they can't find the servant who lives with them and they uh, the police come they come to the scene they check what's up and uh, yeah that's what and it's more uh, it's about how who did it and all that the basic premise of it is this double murder that happened and what and more than the double murder itself it revolves around a lot of things actually i think one of the best things that meghna gulzar did with the film was directed in a very plain way Mm-hmm. that is not to say it's visually terrible or anything that is to say it's a very clever decision to direct it without getting in the way of thing yeah Restraint. i think this, the screenplay too feels like that it does never yeah. like i mean it takes a side uh, yeah it does take a side but it never show, uh, like or uh, like it doesn't pump like any score to say this is the truth and all that it like never, it's, it's it's very enough. grim it's very yeah. grim yeah. and and one of the uh, one of the things that i like about it, it it sort of covers all the aspects of this investigation from the family from the two who are emotionally broken to how rumor spreads i really loved that part where mm-hmm. uh, uh, the doctor's clinical uh, the doctor cl- the doctor's clinic assistant right yeah. he just sort of appears and he starts telling Kanaya. the officer yeah kanaya he just tells his officer like you know what i heard you know what i heard and the rumor just takes a hold of them and the one point that they did make which is you know the inspector goes to the other side and he like breaks that little teak glass right yeah and he says it's impossible they could have they couldn't have heard it that one point he makes he never intends to follow up on it they just form the story for themselves and they persecute them on the story yeah it's like they say right like in the, in i think in towards the end like it fun confesses that like where uh, you in uh, ideally you find evidence that leads you to the conclusion but yeah. these people found conclusion that ah the parents did it and they find like uh, evidence that can support their claim yeah yeah and it is this yeah they come I up with an like, opinion uh, i want to talk about how the movie started like and the movie uh, the movie starts with the national anthem and like like regularly when these type of movies they start with like the case and like that morning when, when they f- discover that the word she dies and that's how it starts but this movie starts with like the the cdi or uh, uh, like annual day of some kind and they're singing the national anthem which just is like it just sets the mood correctly which is like it's not about i mean i mean it is about the case but it's not like uh, who it's not a who done it mostly it mostly it's about the police system and all that itself which is nice i think yeah Yeah. And it, it and it also has... shows them in a very it's to, it starts off in the show the show is kind of glory in in some way it's like glorious because it's like a function and all that um but then you we throughout the like as the movie goes on we find like what the police system in reality is yeah and I, nice. i remember that uh, that even though it is more about how the system is broken right there, mm-hmm. it is it also manages to be like a very very nice who done it mhm wherein the irfan khan's going around talking to these people he finds that baba khan thing at the stand he eats at which is a very very detective thrillery thing to do you know yeah. that's that was fun and he talks to them he they they get interrogated under the truth serum thing there there was a lot of this movie that felt that felt like it was 
it was being carried by Irfan Khan almost. But then when you really think about it, I feel no, like the I director and so. writer. Yeah, yeah. He, I think like, he's like Irfan I think Khan the director is and writer. But yeah, he's yeah. very watchable, but the director and writer did a lot. Yeah, of I don't think things. it's the uh, Irfan Khan carry type thing at all. Yeah, when I first watched it, I was you know enjoying his performance, but thinking about all these subtle things they did about how restrained the camera direction really is, about how sort of plain the script is and how it leaves it up to the audience, and it just sort of tells this tale. The movie doesn't really do anything besides just tell us what happened. Yeah, very documentary so, in that yeah, way. Yeah, documentary. Best way. Yeah. And I think that was the best way to tell this. Yeah, it felt very like respectful to the victims. Felt very respectful, very. Yeah. And I wanted to mention this. This is just a thing comment I have on these kinds of movies, which are like dark, broody detective mm-hmm. thrillers, right? One thing they miss out on a lot of the time mm-hmm. is a sense of humor. Yeah, this movie definitely has. This it. movie has it and I think that's very important for these kinds of movies to have it. To have a lead or to have a writer or to have a script that has a very sly and dry sense of humor. That mm-hmm. brings the, that hammers the darkness home all the more. I think. Yeah. You know, and that's a very nice thing that the movie had as well. Yeah. Irfan mm-hmm. Khan was great. I don't have many other observations to make. I, I have I have yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah go ahead. I I like that from the beginning like the uh, apart from the first scene like when the the main police on the ground when they come like the inspector Dhaniram like is his attitude itself is so clear that uh, like it's so like oh, yeah, yeah, mean, yeah. we all know these police officers. Yeah. You all seen them. Like this he's is always like, on the phone to his superior. He's, yeah, he's always on the phone. He's like uh, eating some gutka pan type thing. Yeah. He's not like respectful to the victims in any way like it's so obvious it's a, it's very fucked up i feel <laughs> and, uh, i i have this bottom yeah. uh, something that i uh, i guess a lot of observations but like nice things in the movie mm-hmm. one of the nice things i liked is the betrayal of vedant and how it was very clearly telegraphed but it's only if you think about it where the newly appointed head goes like you know there's no time for promotion so you want that promotion right yeah. so Of course he just goes and like just like stabs Ashwin I mean Irfan Khan's character in the back and just takes the promotion and goes with it. I know? think this goes for more than even this guy, uh, this guy itself like the the idea of like these uh, uh, like these uh, people who are sucking up to their higher ups is yeah, yeah, yeah. there throughout where the Daniram is sucking up to his uh, his higher up the inspector the inspector yeah, yeah. is up, uh, sucking up to the the punjabi guy the yeah. punjabi main guy he's sucking up to the main like it's the, even the cycle paul. is there yeah even the paul dude who gets hired yeah yeah, he, yeah his side is so res- i remember when they were discussing the they were saying like oh we found the servant and the and the girl in uh, what's that word that hindi word they keep repeating sacrilegious position okay okay i forgot the word what's up i i i yeah you noted this word down right yeah. i forgot to yeah, note it down dharma Prachara Kasim, yeah. <laughs> which is sacrilegious position. Yeah, is, it, it really yeah. shows how ingrained they are in the fact. Yeah, even like they don't, when they say pawn, they say uh, like disreputable literature. Yeah, Ashleel, some Ashleel something. Yeah, uh, disreputable so. literature. They say, yeah. and it really shows how they to them it's just a job, like a case to finish. and to irfan khan he's more of this old old head idealistic type of person he's like i want to solve this in some way 
right yeah like it poses like an interesting question about like how much you can be like how much you can use like force and like brutality and all that to get the effective result i guess like there is that speech in the college where he says like you sometimes need to trample law to get the results and all and like it does it never sh- uh, outright says this should be the thing but it yeah. so- shows it like even when the when uh, there are two three, uh, two scenes where irfan can like hits like the people right and mm-hmm. in both the scenes it never shows it like it's it's a heroic thing or it's like a very fucked up thing to do it just yeah. shows it as a matter of fact matter of fact which is yeah. the way the whole movie is it's just yeah. very matter of fact this is compounded by the fact that is a very nice detail they chose to have mm-hmm. wherein they show the alternate scenarios that all these detectives are thinking about yeah with and, the parents in the alternate scenarios the acting is a little off Yeah because nice. in the start you see like the parents are just shocked they're numb they they're not really crying the mother is crying but the dad is just stunned right mm-hmm. which is the way it is but then you see in these other scenarios the dad is like weeping like oh, yeah mom my yeah, daughter is weeping dead. weirdly and the yeah. uh, like in the other I one really there, there's that. one where like he's drinking as she as seeing the dead bodies like, it's so ridiculous almost like uh, yeah and then he runs and he gets the bat i also love that the entire prosecution's idea right the other mm-hmm. investigative their yeah, idea was that uh, okay to explain it uh, there yeah. are two cases that are two uh, like uh, answers okay. to the case even yeah. right now it's there like that only where one is one says the poli- like the parents did uh, kill their daughter because she was sleeping with the watchman and they killed them both and which is making it like a honor, honor killing thing the other uh, thing is that uh the work uh, like uh, like the compounder and some other friend of his got drunk and killed them yep yeah and, and those are the two stories and what's really funny is that the uh, honor killing story has two different murder weapons yeah at the start it's like a bat a cricket i don't know i forgot what no, bat no. is at the f- uh, no no not just two i think more than two like at uh, by the end they say Calpel. golf club Golf yeah, club, yeah. they say, and at the start he just grabs like a bat and like hits them. Yeah, and uh, even the knife becomes like a scalpel. Yeah, the it's, scalpel. Yeah, it's and so it's they make fun of like the entire system a lot. Like it's yeah. not even making fun of it; it is the reality of it. Like how many fuck ups that happen in the thing? They the guy one guy doesn't call the forensics team. The the oh entire God, like that was um, painful cringe, bro. That was yeah. from like the office that scene. Jesus, <laughs> I <laughs> forgot to call. I forgot to call. Yeah. And then that leading to that uh, that fucking scene inside the room with Irfan Khan, his assistant, and Dani Ram, where. he he talks about piles and all it's fucking hilarious and and it's yeah. funny and also kind of uncomfortable in, in in some sense where it's like because that's the reality of the police system and it's it's just sad like they're like on the pressure that, yeah you get the feeling that if irfan khan wasn't physically violent to this dude this dude would just would just be the same way or wouldn't have done anything to hammer the point home he had to do that and it's still messed up of irfan khan to do that right but it just sounds like this dani ram and these guys they were 
I remember uh, when he enters the room, he goes like very difficult, uh, difficult investigation. You know, yeah, <laughs> a very difficult case, very difficult case. And then once Irfan Khan starts to get forceful with him, that's when he Not starts to mess up. Forceful, like when once he starts giving logic, like the fucking hilarious logic thing is that he's like, oh, the blood was found yeah. in the in the room, and like in in the room as well as the. Yeah, like both the yeah. bloods are there, and the parents clean the daughter's blood, and he's like, "Oh, like obviously because daughter's blood is red, and like the worker's blood is blue. That's why they can differentiate, right?" And the, it's like such a basic logic that they didn't even think about. Yeah, and it just shows like how stupid our system is. Not just the system; it shows how retarded these police officers are. Yeah. The fact that they could just listen to hearsay and uh, what's the thing? Make rumors. Rumors. The fact yeah, like that one of the can... things that they say is, uh, I remember, is that like she's like, oh, he when he he's trying. To, I think Daniram is trying to. He does that glass thing, and he's like, how can they not hear thing, right? And then he says like, oh, there's some. Uh, this uh, she's talking about some mistake, and she's reading this book called Three Mistakes of My Life, sir. Get uh, it? Yeah. That type oh of thing. It's just yeah. like, oh my god! Like, how are you so fucking? Like, it's, yeah, it's. it's there's also this other detail Irfan Khan brings up like if he was uh, he was sleeping with the ma- male maid servant to get back at the parents swinging yeah. right yeah. then why did the daughter have a boyfriend even in the first place yeah like right? the, uh, like uh, let's get uh, yeah we'll we'll discuss that big scene in the towards the end where like they both present the case and that that scene is like very funny like it's very funny it's sad because that's like uh it's it's sad because you know that that is going to be like it's like you can never get like she never like who uh, like uh shruti uh, can never get justice in any way these parents are, cannot get the justice because like it's such a double blow thing where you have to deal with the fact that your uh, your daughter is dead and also deal with the fact that you have been accused of it and you're in jail for uh, that that's so pain that shot where they both walk to jail that was just horrifying to see yeah it, when it so sets powerful. in yeah it just sets yeah. in that these two people built a life normal people you know they built a life they had this daughter yeah. and now it's just done they, they're going to be pre- imprisoned for life it says yeah and they're like, not getting out yeah but coming back to that uh, a uh, meeting scene thing there's so many things where uh, like it's not even about the finding the truth it's more about like it's all the ego thing between the old cd yeah, 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 yeah. and the new yep. one and it's like yep. my team did this and your team did this yeah. type thing and yep like irfan khan in that scene fucking kills it because he's so fucking funny, funny. <laughs> yeah like how you graphic yeah He fucking makes fun of everything. It's so like the sacrilegious position, the pawn thing, and the Aram Prasar. <laughs> and even like he makes fun of their theory itself. Where they're like, oh, uh, in the beginning, she they they had this back door. They removed the fridge, went there, took this thing, did that, and like all in the span of like fifteen to twenty seconds, they did this all. And there's this other logic where he's like, oh. Uh, Like while having sex, like he, uh, they were having sex, and then uh, the worker to uh, put on his slippers, went uh, went to the yeah. terrace, and yeah. there he murdered. Him. Yeah, it's so fucking funny. I mean, yeah. Irfan yeah. Khan's so good, man. Yeah. Was so good, damn. And like, not <laughs> Irfan Khan. Uh, it's funny, like that one scene. Like uh, Irfan Khan is going through a divorce and all uh, with Tabu, and like 
there's very little mention of war, like there like they don't show them a lot like what it is but there's small this very small things that you are very easily understand the kind of relationship they had and and like when like in some in one scene when he uh, he mentions this movie and when he calls her she's watching that movie and it's just the small smile of his and it's very nice yeah and also the uh, one uh, once he gets betrayed by his assistant and he, he gets goes suspended. back to her yeah and that scene where he, he i think he says simply just uh, just uh, don't leave me or something like that way i won't yeah. i can't do this job anymore yeah i can't I'm do this it. anymore just don't let me go or something like that yeah it's just like ah it's so fucking painful uh, and Same like uncounts yeah fuck so good yeah. um there's so many things in the movie there it's wait it, i'll go it genuinely feels like uh it was a it could have been an excellent movie without him right where the director and writer just had really good material and they had really good ideas and they executed them well but i feel like he having him be the lead really added a lot of much needed levity to the sort mm-hmm. of grim procedural yeah and that that sort of completes the movie in a much more fuller way i don't think i don't think the writing had any problems or anything right i just feel like he bought he bought in this very it's a very tired trope of this worn out detective right mm-hmm. the worn out detective it's a very tired trope but he added so much to it yeah. i was, remember i bought up zodiac there the character is there the tired detective is there right mm-hmm. but that guy is not near like mark ruffalo is not nearly as funny as this character yeah, i guess like he's not yeah. funny at all he's very straight yeah, faced it's very yeah. straight and that movie is very straight faced it's way more grimmer than this whatever jokes are there in that is minimal but in this it brings so much out when that bit of levity is there the fact that he's on his phone playing that and you know, he goes like yeah. i'm sorry what were you saying little things like that and when he yells traitor i sort of laughed cuz it was so funny. <laughs> it's not just like a it's not just a sad scene that he was betrayed the way he yelled it it was really funny then yeah. he goes and she starts beating him up there was there were a lot of little jokes he did that was just really funny yeah how and he that, convinces the i'm sorry but like how he convinces the doctor to keep his phone there like a live recording yeah. of <laughs> thing like please 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 thank you and he's just eating bread omelet at a restaurant yeah. uh, there's a lot of food in the thing he's eating like uh, noodles yeah. and all that uh the other thing this always uh, has a lot about is like the media and like public perception and all that yep 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 and like how in media is just like uh, like it's so relevant even now because yep. it, like it's it's like well, after what happened with the whole sushant singh rajput thing like this is the same thing that happened even with these people like, i yeah you're saying sorry yeah where like uh, like konkana sen sharma's character she's she just talks like normally like very like in a stoic way almost and they're like how can a mother be like this she just yeah. lost her daughter and even in the main like the discussion thing even they say like oh, how can a father not hug the dead body it's like yeah. they want like or oh, you to suffer in this specific way then you can be uh then you are not guilty it's very fucked up you know when right after the murder all the news reporters are going through the house you can see konkana sen sharma and neeraj kabi right i'm sorry is that is my mistake yeah neeraj kabi yeah yeah neeraj kabi sorry and they're both in the house and these reporters come in it yeah. reminded me exactly of the 
like reporter hounding deepika padukone's car like, we are following deepika padukone's car and mm. there's a what is she do? and the rep- these reporters are in the house these hack reporters and they're like this is the bed where the dog was yeah and you can see like the fa- the mother and father are like and right there they just are there they're just going yeah. about their dates oh, that was that was very funny i man very good movie i loved it i yeah. you must have other observations yeah, yeah i have yeah. like i like that like uh, uh like during the that drug the narcotics scene the like the they sing a song which yeah. uh, that's very funny i don't uh, like uh, he keeps singing it throughout and like uh, uh what else is there i want to think right you must have notes yeah, yeah that's what i'm going through the okay we didn't talk about the talwar significance at all yeah the more the title is talwar like what i thought was yeah it's the family talwar family and that's why it's called talwar but they and then they explain it uh, during the interval point where it's like even i didn't know this that the law uh, like the the symbol for law judiciary or law has a sword that is supposed talwar which is sword which is supposed to sword which is supposed to like signify police and they say like oh how it's rusted and all this is nice Uh, yeah that was good nice. that was good yeah that was good ah i like the montage also where they uh, uh the montages where they are making the first investigation people the police people are making their case and they they just make up the sh- like in that montage i really like because it shows uh, like a lot of passage of time too and mm-hmm. it's nice that is nice and like the press conference thing right after it is very I was so pissed at it like like that fucking Sardar guy going like uh oh, first like yeah. he talks up the name it's so evident that they, how much of a fuck they given there and then he says like oh characterless daughter with char- uh, characterless uh, father and I was like fucking so fucking mad at it <laughs> and I was just fucking uh, pissed I was so pissed I, and... I was watching it with this very grim sort of smile on my face cuz the movie was it reminded me of like my favorite film so i was enjoying it but yeah a lot of the things in this movie that it directly sort of pokes a stick at are mm-hmm. very real things that happen to this day how yeah. we mischaracterize how incompetent our police system really is yeah how, yeah it was good um uh, other than that like i have a few uh, like i was seeing the like uh, i didn't finish the documentary they had they made this like documentary series on the real people and uh, like the case went on till the real case went on till 2018 and, and i think it's still open uh, in some way it's where, unsolved it says it's yeah, unsolved it is unsolved but like what happened was in 2013 uh, they got like they that's where the movie ends where they go to the jail right and the, uh, and in 2017 they actually uh, they the the case was uh, because they didn't have enough evidence uh, the the case was what what do they call it acquitted this is not yeah, yeah. they got released yeah, they got the released basically criticized the trial they said it was a yeah. trial by media type thing yeah trial by media and there is no uh, answer to it but then like in 2018 there's again there's some uh, they took up the case and all that so it's still there's it's very possible that like the lifetime can come back at some point and it's just think fucking oh so? hmm? uh, you think so yeah like because at least what i read on wikipedia it says like in 2018 they uh, tried the thing open the thing again and like they i don't know 
hopefully it doesn't happen fuck hopefully it. yeah hopefully. and i also have a, on side note i have a fucking little small rant about ekta kapoor like she made this uh, like when the case was at its, at, at its peak i guess uh-huh. and like and she made this serial episode on, on kahani ghar ghar ki which okay. is replicating the case and oh. like and it was very insensitive apparently and the father even went and said like please don't do it and she just they never changed it and they aired it i'm just fucking pissed oh what what is this ekta kapoor uh, kahani gar gar ki is the name of the season ah. and like yeah, in wikipedia i read that and i was just fucking pissed i, I don't I, i am 100% sure she didn't do some sensitive portrayal of it oh, why would she right yeah. why would she yeah Isn't she the ALT Balaji lad? Yep, yep. Yeah, of course. Sensitive portrayals, of course. This reminds me of... uh, Yeah, this is the last point I want to make on this. Sensitive portrayal thing. Do you remember Terry? That Mm. reference... Yeah, that reference that... uh, Delhi gang rape. In a very fucking terrible way. Yeah. Yeah. But that... Yeah, yes, yeah. That I think that is a reference so I mean that's still trash but it's not as bad as this. This, this is that, that because the, the, yeah the, the case happened in 2008 and they made like some episode on 2000 in 2009. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's pretty much I don't think I really have any uh, like negative such I think the buck buck con thing was like convenient but as you said it's a very detective movie thing where he suddenly hears certain type thing oh i actually didn't mind that the only negative i had was this very very weird edit they cut from the people there's a song that plays mhm and then they just harsh cut out of the song onto vedant looking into the water tank which is very i talking about towards the middle of the movie oh yeah towards the middle they just sort of yeah. harshly cut ah, the song yeah 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 i'll explain that that's an interval thing Oh, this movie came oh, out in, okay. uh, in the theater, so it's an interval. Ah, back in the theater, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why it is there. Oh, okay, uh, then no, I don't have any issues. I actually love this movie quite a lot. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, I don't think if I, if I forgot. Uh, I, I really liked how much, I don't know if I'm go rambling, but like, I really liked that, uh, like in that uh, big scene where in Farn Khan, the, both the sides are talking, right? They, like when he says, like, it's been four years, like the two other... Uh, the thing got like like the stories like this and that and like the at some point there's uh, the weapons are changed and the vaginal swab is there and it's there's so many things it's just like that's just so sad and i don't know like the how, all the amount of tests they went through narcotics and normal tests like the two like the lie detector type tests and all that it's just ah, it's just messed up and uh, most probably the culprits are still out and having fun that's just fucking sad yep yep Thank good movie you. great movie this is the kind of, this is my notion of a good time at the movies yeah it's fucking <laughs> great and uh, what do you give it huh 9 yeah i th- yeah it's a 9 i i really want to give it a 10 but i, I don't know if on rep yes, what same. I yeah. no it's not that it's not that I don't want to give it a 10 I can only give it a 10 if it ages well in my head I feel at least like this sort of thing yeah Because this is one of my favorite this is my wet spot as a genre I guess yeah. I love these detective procedurals yeah. you know and I do want to find a lot more about the what happened in real life I want to finish that documentary thing and all that and yeah uh, 
uh, fucking great. Nine out of ten. Closer to a ten. I want to give it. I fuck it. It's a ten. Oh wow! Emotions. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Go watch yeah. it. It's great. I love it. It's fucking great. I yeah. think yeah, one of the best movies we recommended. I think. Yeah, I think, bro. Honestly, it's been so long since we talked about two really good movies. I think. Yeah. I think uh, first episode was Angamali Diaries and another round. That's when we had like two smash hits, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is a really good movie. Very good. If you didn't, you go watch it. Yeah. Great movie. Great. All right. Let's get to the next one. This is the only thing that's a that happened to be a courtroom drama. Yeah. A movie that like most people outside. Yeah. From outside India, a movie that most everyone who has a passing interest in films has probably heard about and ignored and people who have a really good interest in films have probably seen this and cherished it. Yeah. Uh, 12 Angry Men. Yep. 12 Angry Men. It came out in 1957 directed by Sydney Sydney Lumet. Lumet. Yes, R.I.P. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. Why, why is everything starting with an R.I.P? Oh, so sad. Sidney yeah. Lumet, I feel, I, I don't know, I feel very sad about his passing because... Is it Lumet? Is that how you pronounce it? Lumet, Sidney Lumet. Okay, Sidney Lumet. I also was saying Lumet for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying it till now. <laughs> starring Henry Fonda, Lee Jacob, Lee Jacob and uh, others. Yeah also another huge yeah huge rest in peace to the entire cast. I mean they also, they also come passed on. away. Yeah I know but man <laughs> watching this again I was reminded of the fact that yeah these were really good actors that gave that were responsible for it one of a kind film a film that's still shown in schools Very today nice a film days. films normal schools i read they show this in business schools and stuff to show different personalities and how they argue and what not oh like oh the like 12 thinking thinking hats type thing yeah that kind of yeah. thing a film you can watch anytime this is i can it's, watch this anytime yeah, it's, it's just so entertaining. entertaining yeah yeah it just goes by it like when you think of like old movies like people generally have perception that it's slow it's going to be like over the top and you're bored this and like this is so entertaining it's so, <laughs> so quick it gets yep. to like the first scene the court uh, then the court the, the judge gives the thing this uh, this is like jury has to decide and we we get like one uh, shot of the boy who who supposedly commits the murder and that's all you're in the room you packed there for like 90 that's minutes good. it's fucking great it's really it's good it's a great uh, like uh, inspiration i mean it's inspiring for like people who want to make small movies which don't have a lot of budget to This, learn it, like oh no matter yeah. what you say about like oh i don't have a big place to shoot it in this film which came out in 1957 will always yeah. there have been countless films saw is the one that comes to mind immediately mm but there have been there have been countless films that are single room films like the conversation or buried remember panic that room. yeah panic room panic room uh, they had a set panic room had a set don't breathe that is i mean really really small yeah. films uh, buried comes to mind buried mm-hmm. is in a coffin you know yeah. rope alfred hitchcock's rope which is all in this party there are there will always be films that tell you you can do it in any location with any number of people you can always do it but this to me is always this and buried i feel like are the strongest arguments against any any person saying yeah i, I can't i mm-hmm. can't you can always write for it i feel 
Yeah. Yeah. Buried in this. This one especially because this has so much thematic depth and so much you can chew on in the writing. Yeah. You know, and not just the writing, the visuals are oh so good. The it's so simple. The visual storytelling in yeah, this is very like simple. Yeah, they're using very uh, fancy shots and all. It's like close-ups, normal, basic filmmaking things only. But it's so it's nicely and effective. Edit. Effective. Yeah. Done. It's so mm-hmm. effective in the way it's executed that you know the way he uses a close-up, the way he uses a medium shot, the way he uses a wide shot, the way he uses a pan, the way he uses a long shot. it's he, he it carries over in most of the films i've seen of it i've seen it's, i've seen fail safe network dog day afternoon serpico before the devil knows you're dead before and the devil knows you're dead and you can it's great and you can see this clarity of vision and how effectively he uses these simple techniques in the filmmaking process to show a story to tell a story you know okay we didn't explain the story of the story. oh yeah we just got ahead i was just like yeah. joking us <laughs> Yeah, basically uh, the story is uh, yeah. there's a boy who who apparently who supposedly murders uh, his father. Oh, yep. And like the there are twelve jury members who have to decide if he's guilty or not. And eleven of them are already set on like he's guilty, and one guy refuses to believe he's guilty and gives him a reasonable doubt, I guess. And yeah, that's, that's how the that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's just him. convincing like not in convincing them are not guilty but more like giving them giving the guy like the victim a chance in some way the accused a chance yeah You're giving the accused a chance in some way because everyone even the case they've heard it the prosecution basically yeah. won because 11 people are like yeah is this guilty It's but one this... against all basically yeah and this one yeah. person's like no this is a living person maybe we need to spend Give, more time yeah spend more time talking about it and that's essentially what he does and what he succeeds in is convincing everyone to go with not guilty yeah in fact he convinces you as well i'd say maybe yeah. you're jerking yeah 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 he convinces me yeah he definitely because at There's the no start lo- it logically also makes sense his arguments yeah that's the thing which is very cool which is a thing uh, that only happens when you have a really good writer i feel Mm-hmm. wherein because the writer sets it up you can see it's like well, what are you going to say what's going to convince you and even he says like nothing i don't even know i think he's guilty too but i feel like we need to talk about it and in talking about it suddenly he convinces you he convinces everybody else and it's never the facts are there the facts yeah. are never like a surprise to anyone they reveal yeah, in a very not, natural yeah, way and then the only like surprise reveal in some sort is the specs thing i would say That's yeah, also yeah. not like very like oh my god, but it's in some way a, re- a reveal of so- of sorts. Yeah, it's sort of bought out. But even yeah. then, there is a reason for it. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. There's never any half-assed like writing decision to pull something out and be like, oh, this is why he's not guilty. It's never that. It's this is these are the facts, and this is why we can't send him to the chair because like, there just like, isn't enough. Like the. uh what's uh, his name is davis right that's what yes, davis he, yeah like uh, the way davis gets to the conclusion is also very natural he never uh, he never outright says that i he's not guilty he's like maybe we should just give him a chance and that's yeah. what like yeah that's i like yeah and there's lot of uh, personalities i feel like the personalities are shown in the way they dress as well mm-hmm. which because considering the time you know that it's in black and white you know that you have sound 
And he used everything else to get it across in as visual a way as possible what the story was. Yeah. And that really helps this movie. When you see them, you know their personalities in a way. In a way. Like, like the, all the 12... Ca- like uh, one of the hard... Th- a hard thing to do as a writer is to write people, write characters that are very easy Think. to distinguish. Yep. Like have, a ca- uh, have their voice very different. And yep. like for them to do it in like within twelve people and in one room is pretty incredible. Amazing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're not like, like deep personalities, but then they manage to not be blatant stereotypes. And I think yeah. that has a lot to do with the acting as well. Mm-hmm. The actors really lend a lot of humanity to these fairly typical sort of roles. You know yeah. that uh, this is the racist. This is the this hard. Is the, this is the nervous one. This is yeah. the racist. This is the uh, hothead. This is the one who doesn't have interest. Yeah, he, uh, he wants to do something else. Type. Yeah, they're all and there, but they all have some sort of humanity. And I think yeah. the actors help a lot with that. All the performances are great. Yeah. And and another thing that I noticed, I I think it's sort of obvious, but I noticed was that you know the racist, right? Mm-hmm. And how he's just like, these people, these slummy people, they, they have yeah. no sense of manners and all that. He's always the first one to interrupt an argument. Mm-hmm. He's always the one with the bad manners. regardless. And he, despite the fact that he's putting himself up, above the other guy, I forgot, the. there are no names too. There's only two names. So there's the one who was brought up in a slum who's sort of sensitive, right? Yeah, to, yeah. And he's always polite and well-mannered, while this racist is always the yeah. badly-mannered loud. one. Yeah, loud. And he's all, these people, these people. He thinks he's above these people, when in reality, he's below anybody in the room. The only one thing, uh, I mean, uh, the racist thing is like, uh, like there's this line where he he says something uh, which is grammatically uh, not correct and oh, the guy yeah. points it out. Uh, that was, was excellent. Like, I mean... I don't know. I was like, uh, oh, yeah. it should be this uh, quick, bro. <laughs> That's the only, like, it's very nitpicky, I guess. It's a very yeah, nitpicky it, thing, but yeah. I know it's a nitpicky thing, thing, but I enjoy that line every time, bro. No, so. I like the thing, but I was just yeah. like, why this quick? Yeah, right. But it's like, because, funny. Uh, because the other reveals when they happen, like, when he says, like, no one just says, I will, uh, I will kill you or all that, they... They have like a very natural reason to get there, but the this grammatical line just feels very like. I mean, it's a very small thing, and the fact it's a very is small that, thing. That's why I said nitpicky. Yeah, and not just that, mm-hmm. the guy has been speaking like that. He's always been speaking like "Don't you know?" Yeah. Throughout, <laughs> you know. So when this did come up, it never came up to me as like ah, the scriptwriter wrote in a joke, guys. It was very natural, you know. Mm, I like maybe. that. I also yeah. like the. Uh, wait, you said maybe. Why do you think so? Oh, maybe. Oh, that that's because I I don't know. Maybe uh, it's because it felt too like so quick. Oh, I, I, I think if it if they delayed that punchline to to a little bit, it would have felt more natural. Because okay. like it's not like he was always using bad grammar. Oh, okay, you mean like it sort yeah. of stands out in that way? Okay, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, fair. That is fair. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I'm got a. I'm just biased because this movie was very good. And, yeah, I uh, liked it. Yeah, it yeah, I know. Yeah. And well, so another thing that I uh, like besides the personalities being worn on the characters themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the case itself is written in such a way that it can be broken and said, you know, you can say it's all circumstantial. You have to vote him not guilty. 
but then mm-hmm. you can still come across and say like yeah you know he can be guilty there is still a chance that all these circumstances led up in that way that where he is guilty you know mm and like yeah. the the word, like these like terms like reasonable doubt guilty not guilty have like such significance in the film like yeah that's nice and Very and nice. i think the other thing about the case is it's simple enough to un- for us like normal people also to un- like the i the a problem with like big uh, like procedural type uh, things are like they take t- cases and shit that is way too complicated and they spend like waste time explaining yeah, it yeah, and all yeah. that this yeah. is just like a very simple case but that's me with that's what makes it more significant also which is like convincing such a, a very like, basic parable yeah, open uh, open and shut case they all t- uh, like doing a flip on it is yeah it's nice very nice i i love this detail of the fact that it's the hottest day of the year they're mm-hmm. all sweating constantly yeah. oh, the, yeah, the fan the, is not working working and the guy is the the one guy who wants to go watch the game is always just like wiping himself off his sweat and he goes to watch the only break the film has is when they go to the bathroom to sort they of they literally say let's take a Yeah, let's take a break. They say let's take a break. Yeah. And they go to they go to the bathroom to wash their face and their hands of the sweat. And Yeah, I like great. that yeah, I like that like the types of voting also it's like it's the same but it kind of changes and like yeah, the yeah. shots are different when like each time like yeah, I don't know if I'm making this up but I felt like every time they were voting the camera also like each like each round of it uh, went more felt more intimate like the camera went yeah, closer yeah. and this one i think one noting it just shows the each of their hands and like yeah, their faces that was good. that's nice I, i i love that when they say the anonymous voting thing right mm-hmm. you look at the handwriting and you know which one the racist is and which one the hothead is and you know which one the stockbroker is also almost mm-hmm. you can pick it apart in their handwriting you can pick it apart at the way they keep their hands as well and it also is like uh uh like they actually put effort to have like 12 people handwriting yes. it's yep. not just like everyone saying not guilty in a sim- like not one ad wrote the entire thing yeah it's it, different handwriting yeah, different uh, hand shots uh, detail that's nice there's that's so nice. many visual details i love that this film it's so simple visually like we mentioned right mm-hmm. but then if you've noticed the argument scenes there's all it's always a confrontation it's shot like this all it's all, almost shot like this action scene sort of where you mm-hmm. show one side on other side uh, where you show one side on the other half of the 180 degree and the other side and it, the close ups just get more and more intense yeah. and then they sort of space out you know yeah i i love those little things where it cuts to an immediate i remember when he's arguing with the stockbroker about the movie that he's seen mm-hmm. about his yeah. routine it just gets closer and closer till yeah that's the nice. faces like, don't fit in the frame yeah he's is like it's like he's so uncomfortable and all that it's nice like he's sweating and all cool. yeah very good visuals this this is still like sydney lumet's films are still i know there are a lot of directors who are very visually skilled and visually stylistic and you can tell you can learn from them right Mm-hmm. so to speak like how they shoot like tarantino is the obvious one visually his in nolan there's all the usual suspects so to speak of really great visual styles right mm-hmm. but then sydney lumet's style is simplicity to a fault wherein you think like oh kubrick did that 
right kubrick mm-hmm. did that very simple visual style or even fincher did that very simple visual style but no their techniques are fairly more complicated than what sydney lumet does yeah, yeah for sure why, like i can't yeah. call like stan kubrick like simple i mean like his techniques are not that simple also i don't think his techniques are that simple i mean the grammar that he uses is still way more complicated than what sydney lumet does yeah yeah that's what i'm saying yeah they're yeah. not like simple like yeah like, Easy yeah, like to sydney lumet is definitely like simple and and that's there's so much there's so much nobility i don't know what the word is there's so much wonder in that i think steven mm. spielberg is another one of someone you could call as sydney lumet protege i guess cuz even his films are fairly simple even he has that long one take that sydney lumet likes you know mm. where it's not really a one a take, one take. Uh, yeah like, that we know today it's actually yeah. multiple mediums close ups and wides in one take yeah which is very good but what sydney lumet does is there's no complication there's no ego in his filmmaking i feel he totally mm. surrenders to the script i feel and that's really good that's really good that's really a nice thing to see in a film does he write the other films this he didn't no, write you know he didn't write he didn't write he didn't write he ne- and he never writes i don't think he's ever written i don't think okay. he's ever written even uh, he he has a very good eye for scripts and stories yeah and i i feel like he represents a dying breed which is that people nowadays want directors as well want like, i need a style this is my film you can tell you know yeah and I think that's good. I think that's important. But remember we talked about Talwar having a very restrained subtle filmmaking style yeah. that allows the script and the acting to shine. Mm-hmm. It it happens here as well. And I think that's very important. I think both the films know and both the filmmakers are all the more greater for having known that sometimes you need to let the script shine, not yeah. get in the way and be like I need this one take. This is something I need. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. That's a nice thing that the movie does. And honestly, most of the observations I can make on this film are the visuals, and I think I've observed enough about it. Mm-hmm. There's that I... one shot. Remember mm-hmm. that one shot where the racist goes on his rant and all of them just walk away from the table? Yeah. Powerful. Powerful. <laughs> I mean, you. <laughs> When I saw it, I coomed. I saw it like today I still coomed it's very really dramatic like it sounds yeah, very so... like uh, like a theater play kind of thing where yeah. they all walk slowly but then <laughs> when I saw it I was like oh and then the guy the stockbroker goes like right aren't you listening to me he goes like yes I have now shut now shut up and don't say another yeah. word i am a mass movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and like the the way they show like the bigotry in all these people and like the class divide personal prejudice and all that is very and nice they even right. talk about the refuge after world war 2 refugees remember the european the guy who wants to go to the ball game was like look we let them into the country and now they think they're yeah. the there's that there's even the age thing where they just disrespect the old guy like what is he you know he's old yeah. he's confused there's a lot of things in this movie there's a lot of themes in this movie and like you can still like uh, uh, feel like uh, use that to show how modern discourse is right now where yeah like the people are just loud the loudest one is has the room type thing and like like the people who are up, uh, like loud they don't never they never actually justify their claims yeah it's a very emotional point of view they have that they yeah. mask behind facts and logic yeah that, that like it's so true even till today it's always been true and yeah. i feel like it captures that 
that's why i think this movie is timeless not because it's so visually great and the script is great i mean it's timeless for those two things as well but yeah. because there's something uniquely timeless in how these characters are these characters exist to this day these stereotypes yeah. exist to this day there is always the joke to joker characters or the funniest in the room but have nothing of substance to add when the discussion yeah. gets serious and they're the easiest to change as well regardless of how cool they might look Yeah. There is always the bigot who pretends to be like I I love this one line he says I'll be the first to say there are decent types in these people. Yeah, like it's so uh goddamn it. Yes. What a piece of shit. <laughs> there today, you know? Yeah. I like the timid office man who gets who becomes stronger as he goes and they have arcs too and it's built into the script that they have arcs because they're going to change their opinions. It's yeah, inevitable like, that they have an arc, you know? Yeah, like even this guy uh uh the main like the one who con- gets convinced the last like he, he his fa- son leaving him in the young age thing is also nicely set up in the very beginning only and it pays yeah. off in the end where you yeah. see the reason he was never convinced is because this is sort of the way he's taking it out on his son yeah yeah and his son like leaving him and like he's like he never called me sir and all that like it's nice so good, good. so many i think the only character who didn't have a strong arc is probably the high school coach character mm-hmm. but even then he was the most well adjusted amongst all of them he never really got mad at anybody you know yeah he, he was he was always the voice of reason i feel yeah and like slowly convincing them is it's nice like the yeah it's good like the one who had like a foreign accent that guy was nice oh yeah know, yeah I forgot mm-hmm. his name but I mean he didn't yeah, have, have any names yeah yeah in wikipedia if you look it up they just say juror 1 juror 2 juror 2 yeah i know yeah yeah so i i love the european guy i love the point he made mm-hmm. you know about the fact that he's an old man and not just not just the old man ah, thing ah yes good. yeah the yeah the old man thing he also brings up how it doesn't make sense that the boy uh, the knife had no fingerprints but yet you say the boy went back to take get rid of the evidence yeah the the uh, like the when the old man points out like this old man who never had a yeah. uh, like he never got a chance to he uh, like say something to the world and like he never had like he's just like this sad old man and uh, it may i don't know if i'm seeing this but i feel like like he was also talking about himself like yeah, 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 of course he himself. was of course he yeah. was he, yeah. I, the, it's very obvious to because the guy next to him says what do you even know about it and there's a close up yeah. and the old guy just sort of looks down yeah. as if not to say anything yeah that's nice yeah it's, it's just a great film yeah it's, <laughs> it's been like, called it's... a great film for 50 yeah. years now which is adding to the pile yeah it's great yeah it's really uh, i great. think for me yeah it's pretty fucking great yeah and this was sydney lumet's first film yeah first film <laughs> Turnish. <Bro>, what <laughs> Yeah. This is his first film? Yeah. Oh my god. Jesus. So, yeah. Anything to say? I, I I don't know. I just feel I sort of miss Sidney Lumet, I suppose. I could go watch his other movies, I should. I sat through I've seen all his popular movies and all his movies have this consistency like I said with how visually simple they are. You saw The Devil Knows You're Dead before The Devil yeah. Knows You're Dead. Yeah. Remember the how the low angle shots showing Philip Seymour over Ethan Hawke? Yeah. Yeah, there's so many visuals you just remember the car scene and another thing Sydney Lumet knew how to do very well is not just be visually talented is that he knew how to 
performances he always got like a really great performance out of his actors mm-hmm. specifically pacino his dog day afternoon serpico those are his those are some of pacino's best performances right mhm yeah and yeah, yeah rest in peace to the entire cast, cast. <laughs> yeah everyone it's nice to see a black and white film after all yeah yeah it is yeah. that's and, I don't have any other observations to make I guess. It's more of a visual thing like I said right. I st- yeah. even though it's vis- uh, like it's visually great it has really good dialogue like the dialogue is Not really great. Not just good bro really great script. Yeah. This is a timeless script. Yeah. I I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm overrating it it's just timeless for me. Yeah. I love the <laughs> classic. And yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. what do you give it? Oh, <laughs> what do you give the classic bro? 6 mm-hmm. out of 10 could have been so better. 7 I feel like could have yeah. done more like showing more enough, influential bro there weren't enough like uh, like song sequences i feel yeah one item yeah. song what might have been just one item song <laughs> just one bro yeah yeah i think i give it a 10 and same <laughs> i get two tens oh wow i get yeah. two i guess i give another round in this yeah. let's go that's all that's yeah. all i think yeah and Nah. Do you have anything to add? Nothing else. Go watch it. Go watch you everything. All the uh, no, leave conjuring. Watch the other two. Talwar yeah. great. Talangiran obviously great. And yeah. uh, for next week, uh, we'll be watching. Uh, we'll be talking about Jagame Tandram, Adu Kalam, and Karnan. Oh, that's all. Yeah, that's all. Folks. This went by smoother than any other episode, actually. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And uh, been, been really good, bro. I don't know how to end this. Goodbye. Like, share, subscribe, follow Instagram page. Please follow. Yeah, Please putting yeah. effort there somewhat. Yeah, let's follow, be friends. Watch it on YouTube, I guess. Join our clubhouse. Yeah, clubhouse. Uh, Yeah, yeah we're on clubhouse uh, join our discord server yeah, jo- join our yeah only yeah. fans only f- yeah we have a, we have a very exclusive only fans yeah yeah that's all that's all bye bye thank Bye-bye. you